In Revelations 3, uh, 2, Revelations 2 and 7, I'm going to read the first part of that verse. It says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, I'm getting a lot of feedback through this mic. Let me see. Maybe this one. Testing. That's a little better. But in Revelations 2 and 7, it said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And I think it's so important today to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. I, I, I go back to Romans 7, and, and Paul said that, I wish that I do not, that I wish not do that I do. He said, oh, what a wretched man that I am. And I remember one man telling me one time, so he said, see, we can't help but sin. But he never read Romans 8. <laughs> Romans 8 said, but I find that if I walk in the Spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. And so what the Lord here is saying, that we need to have a spiritual ear. I've, to I've talked before about uh, people that have got something in the ear all the time. A Walkman or something, I don't know. You see them with earbuds on, dancing, going down the street. Uh, you know, and, and, and you see people's minds and ears filled with noise. Uh, the TV's always on in the background uh, and, and all of that. And, and, you know, how are we going to hear the Spirit of the Lord if we don't take time to muse upon His Word? You know, that's what David said. He had to get away. Jesus had to get away. Remember uh, with Jesus, they were out there and he said, Jesus, they're out here waiting for you. They want to be healed. They want all these things. And the Bible said he went out the back door and went up into the mountains to pray. He just had to get away from everything and get away and clear his mind so that he could hear what the Spirit was saying. So we need to let people uh, who are able to sort out the voice of the Holy Spirit from the competing voices uh, that are in the world. There, are, uh, there is a distinct difference between the Logos, as I said earlier, and the Rhema, the personal word of God. But how will we discern if we can't hear? In Isaiah 8 and 20, it says, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. I've said before that back in the 80s, there was this, uh, this thing going on where people were, were told that maybe they need to divorce their wife and go find their soulmate. That, that maybe they, they married in carnality and they needed to get out of that marriage and go get married in the spiritual. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. My Bible says that's wrong. Do you see the difference? When, they, when somebody comes and said, the Lord told me uh, that I'm to do this or that, and it's contrary to the word of God, then it is not a rhema from God. It is a lie from the devil. So the Bible says, study to show thyself approved, a workman unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth, that we not be ashamed. We need to know the Logos. If you don't know the Logos, 
you're going to be led astray. This is the foundation that was laid. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I want you to know this foundation is secure. There's not going to be any book of Bob. If I write a book of Bob, don't buy it. Because there is not going to be, because God has already settled it. He said, if any man change one jot or one tittle, one comma or one period in this book, he said, let him be in danger of hellfire. We're not here to change the Logos today. The Logos is, is, is the foundation. Jesus became the chief cornerstone of the Logos. He became the cornerstone that bridged the old and the new together. And that's a foundation in which we can build our spiritual house upon. But God wants to speak through his rhema. He wants to speak to your heart. He wants to speak to my heart. He wants to send us forth. In Matthew 10, 19 through 20, it says, But when they arrest you, don't worry about what you'll say or how you'll say it. At that time, you will be given uh, what to say. For it, for it will uh, not be you speaking, but the Spirit of the Father which speaks through you. And let me look at the King James. He said, But when they deliver you up, take no thought for what ye shall speak. For it shall be given to you in that same hour that you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh through you. I want you to know we don't have to rehearse it. Uh, we just have to know that the Holy Ghost can speak through me. In John 6, 63, he said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing but the word that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. You see, the words that we speak in the spirit are life. Amen. If you want productivity in your, in your, in your ministry, then you've got to operate in the spirit. Amen. Now, Paul knows there are different types of speaking. I mean, sometimes it may be a personal uh, uh, testimony with somebody, and yet there are other times it may be public. And we know that when it's public, that there's probably going to be three types of audiences. And those are, some will be thoroughly convinced, some will be almost convinced, and others will reject. It's going to happen. But Lord, give me wisdom. Have you ever prayed that? God, give me wisdom and how to present the gospel to this person. Now, I want you to know that we can try through human intellect to manipulate the person into a good result, but that will never work. You know, maybe you're thinking that you need to you say something and you begin to rationalize in your head. I want you to know something that you can rationalize all you want, but we need the Spirit of the Lord. God, give me wisdom. God, help me to speak words that will pierce and penetrate the carnal heart and the carnal mind. Words, Lord God, that will not come back unto you void, but words... That will produce something wonderful. In John 3.16, we say, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, or uh, 3.6, I'm sorry. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
Now, Nicodemus was a, was a teacher of the law. Now, when we look at the law, he wasn't like a lawyer. He was a student of the word. And, and he was a Pharisee. And the Bible said that, that Nicodemus came by night because he didn't want to be, he didn't want the stigma of being with these, this man because he'd been rejected by many of the lawyers of that day. And he said to Jesus, said, how, he says, how can I uh, follow you? How can I enter the kingdom? He said, ye must be born again. And Nicodemus, of course, puzzled, said, how can I be born again? Can a man enter a second time into the womb of his mother? And Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is spirit is spirit. I'm going to tell you, we need a spiritual birth. We need to get people born spiritually into the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, that we would lead many to righteousness. Many to righteousness, Lord. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We can't try to prethink or outthink the Holy Spirit, but we need to ask. Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak through me? So we need to let the voice be born of the Spirit and not of the flesh. And I'll tell you right now, what, how do you, we do that? We have to practice that. You're not going to get it perfect. You're going to make mistakes. We're not fallible. Uh, we're not infallible. Just in fact, we are fallible. Paul said, I do not preach as if I've already attained, but this one thing I do. Amen. I press for the mark. I want to be all that God. Paul said this. He said, pray that I have the boldness that I ought to have. That I can speak, Lord God, according to your word. But how do we walk in the spirit? According to Romans 8. We walk in the spirit through obedience. Father, I want to be obedient to you. I want your will in your way in my life. In John 4 and 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The Bible said there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but he said that way will always lead him to destruction. Always. You know, we can think about how we're going to retire, or how we're going to do this, or how we're going to do it. You know, life happens while we're making plans. When I look back on life and I see uh, the way my life went, it's not the way I planned it. And I'm sure my future is not going to be the way I plan it. We must be obedient to the word of the Lord. In, in John 15 and 26, it said, and When the counselor comes... Whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. The Holy Spirit and his voice are consistently Jesus-oriented. I'll tell you right now, I don't even like to sing a song if it doesn't have Jesus in it. In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's no name given unto heaven. Or given in heaven that is greater than the name of Jesus. 
I think of the sons of Sceva. They were slippery and, sl- and like snakes. And they were what we call um, exorcists by trade. In other words, they were frauds. And they would go out and do exorcisms for money. It's kind of like uh, these, uh, uh, what do they call those people today on the telephones? and Psychics, yeah, the same thing. You see, what there is a bunch of liars. There's no truth in them because they serve the father of lies. But the sons of Sceva saw that Paul was, was preaching and, and, and healing people and casting out devils in the name of Jesus. And they said, good, we've got his secret. The Bible said they went out and found a man that was demon-possessed, and they begun to pray and, and rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said that demon came out and looked at them and said, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? And the Bible said he stripped them naked and threw them out into the street in shame. we got to know him. Does the devil say that today about you? Amen. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. And Richard, I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can, span, we can stand in the authority of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we've been with Him. And we know Him. I think of an example in, 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 in Acts 8 and 29, Philip. Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Remember that story? And there was a uh, and there was precise, no guesswork, leading by the Holy Spirit. Go and attach yourself to this certain chariot. And what happens when he goes there? He sees a, a eunuch from Ethiopia who was a Jew born and he was pilgrimage back to to Jerusalem to worship the Lord on the holy days and he had a beautiful chariot because obviously he was high up in government where he was in Ethiopia and 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 obviously had some freedom and 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 whoever he was serving to was very wealthy and and said hey you know go he told this man to go and worship according to his god and all and here he is coming back and he's reading out of the book of Isaiah and Philip attached himself and said what are you reading he says, I'm reading out of his ass, but I said, I don't know what I'm reading. You know, a lot of people that, that, that have a hunger and, and they're trying to understand it, but they can't comprehend it in the natural. And Philip began to prophesy over him and he began to speak to him in the spirit. And the Bible said after the eunuch had received this word, he said to Philip, he said, what hinders me from being baptized? Today, we've got to pull teeth to get people to go get baptized. This man knew immediately. How many know the Spirit can do more than you can do in a minute? Oh, how I've learned that the hard way. I can tell a sermons to your weakness and try to help you out, but I'm going to tell you it won't work. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. 
But what we see in this is he said straightway they went and found a certain body of water and Philip baptized him in, the, in Jesus there in that certain body of water. And the Bible says that Philip was translated immediately into another city. Whew, I've never had anything like that happen. <laughs> and automatically he's probably thinking, man, the guy was rich. I could have got a good offering. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but what we find here is that Philip listened to what the Lord was speaking to him. Amen. The Holy Spirit often during times of worship and fasting will begin to speak to us. That's why we do our worship before the word, because I'm hoping you wake up now. You know, get your mind on Jesus. You know, we come in a lot of times. I wish I had, like they have at the airport, you know, those metal detectors. I wish I had those spiritual detectors. And you'd have to take it off. You couldn't bring anything, any kind of thoughts in. You've got to take it off at the door. Well, that's what worship's all about. We worship the Lord because what it does is it lifts the burden. It puts us in the right frame of mind to receive the Word of God. But often during times of worship and times of fasting. And it, it reminded me this morning, I, I, I wrote this out quickly, it, it, that I remember the first time that I fasted. I fasted for 12 days. I did. I could smell a hamburger 100 miles away. I could tell whether you were using charcoal or whether you were using propane. I became so keen in my, in my person during that 12-day fast. But I want you to know the reason that I fasted was because I was going to do my first public speaking deal. And, and it was the first time that they were going to invite your friends and relatives and, and people to come and hear you. And I was so petrified uh, to do that, that that I fasted for 12 days because, because I, I wanted to be dynamic. You know, I envisioned myself in a dream, you know, so dynamic. How many know it's something how you can envision it, and then when you do it, it's not the same. Everything you thought of in your dream, you can't think of when you're there. And all of a sudden, uh, my grandmother and my great aunt Mame were going to be there. And, and, and when I got, uh, and after the 12 days, uh, I said, Lord, I said, I've done my part. Now it's your turn. And I brought my five pages of notes, and there are probably 75 people there. And the pastor sat behind me and said, if you had turned, if you had twisted your leg around one more time, he said, you'd have fallen with that untie you. I mean, you talk about nerves. And I read that five pages sermon. I read it in less than five minutes. And I looked at them like a deer staring in the headlights. And I walked away feeling shame. I learned something from that. It's never God's turn. <laughs> I learned that I didn't really understand what fasting was all about. I thought fasting meant you gain favor with God. And he said, ooh, I get, get a couple check marks. But what I found out about fasting is fasting is a way to crucify the flesh so that the spirit can hear. 
Sometimes, I'm going to tell you right now, when you have a dream, you get a wonder that I eat pickles before I went to bed. <laughs> Was this the Lord? And I will tell you this right now. When we fast, and it's never pleasant, the flesh doesn't like it. In fact, the flesh will show you a thousand reasons why it's not good for you. Even if it has to make them up. But I will tell you, when you fast, you become more keen to what the Spirit is trying to say through you. How many know we're vessels of the Lord? Jesus said in his prayer in John 17, he said, Father, he said, I send them into the world. He knew it was a dangerous place. He said, we're the sheep among wolves or among carnivorous beasts that roam in this world. The Bible says, think it not strange when these things happen to you, because the devil, like a roaring lion, goes to and fro to seek whom he may devour. God knew that what he sent us into was not a, a safe, cozy place. I send them into the world that we would let them know about Jesus. The Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. And he said, how will we be effective if we lose our salt in us? We need to be on fire for Jesus. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, it's one thing to become a Christian, and, 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 and that's wonderful. And, 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 you know, a lot of Christians never really experience the depths of walking with God. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? They'd followed him for three years. And here he was in Gethsemane. The Bible said that Jesus was in such agony that even drops of blood came from every pore of his body. Physicians say that that is possible under extreme agony. He became the red heifer right there in Gethsemane. And yet he goes and he sees his disciples and what are they doing? How many of you might say, you know, here I'm going to die. I'm dying for these guys. They can't even stay awake for a few hours. I mean, what am I dying for, Father? A bunch of sleepyheads. He was frustrated. He said, could you not tear with me for one hour? <laughs> I know God is loving and patient. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. When you're born again, that born again spirit within you is real. In John 15, 26, it says, when the counselor comes, whom I will send in the uh, send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me speaking of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit and his voice are consistently Jesus oriented 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, it is the name of Jesus. He said, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. Did you hear that Congress down there in Washington? You will bow before him. You will confess him. I just hope it's not before it's too late. We get all nerved up about things that are going on there. I will tell you, as uh, Brother Tim Hill said the other night, he said, don't be surprised if as short as two to three weeks from now, you don't come together in church and find out you're breaking the law. That's how corrupt and how evil is getting down there. But I'll tell you what Peter said. They said, go out and speak no more in the name of Jesus. What did Peter say? It's better to obey God than man. Better to obey God than man. Thank you, Lord. As many as led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. As we read in our text, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, it said, A man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. I like how it says in the, in the King James, says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See, if you can hear this message today and you understand what I'm saying, you're blessed. The Bible said the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. Has no they have no understanding of even what is being said. In Revelations 1.10 it says, On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. What is Jesus speaking to your heart? Sometimes we're just afraid. I knew a lady that rather than pray for a husband, she said, I'll go choose a husband, then I'll pray for him later. <laughs> she's still praying. I think she's 70-something. <laughs> Sometimes we're afraid to go to God because we're afraid if we go to God... God will tell us something we don't want to do or hear. I think of the, the rich man that came to Jesus. And Jesus used this in a parable. He said, there was a man that came and said, how can I enter the kingdom? He says, keep my commandments. He says, from my youth I've kept my, all of your commandments. He said, you've said well. But he said, there's just one little thing. How many is just that one little thing? Just that one little thing. He said, what is it, Lord? Lord said, well, go and sell all you have and give it to the poor. He was offering him a position as one of the apostles. But he saw his wealth to mean more than walking with the Lord. 
And the Bible said he went away sorrowfully. It never said that he came back or that he obeyed the scripture. And sometimes in our lives, you know, we, we, we say, Lord, uh, uh, I value or, or, or I like the thing. And I'm going to tell you, every time we disobey God, what we're really saying is, I like the thing more than you. Well, that, that hurts, doesn't it? That's what we're doing. Well, maybe I should have preached a, pre- preached a normal message. <laughs> normal. Let's be normal. So often we want to try to make God normal. You know, we get the wire rim glasses and the briefcase, and, and we're probably talking 80s here. But, you know, now probably a notebook and whatever you guys do today. <laughs> but we, we, we want to go and we want, we want everything to be normal. We want our neighbor to come in and, and, and say, it was a lovely service and everything went well. We want it to be normal. But I'm going to tell you what, in Genesis 1-1, it didn't begin normal. In Revelation 22, it doesn't end normal. There's nothing normal about God. <laughs> he will... <laughs> I want you to know this. There's nothing normal about Him. And we can't convert God into who we are. He, he, he did become a man once. The incarnate Christ. But he's up in heaven now. He's overcome this fleshly body. And he wants us to be more than conquer through Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you this now. I believe events are coming. One thing that Ralph Rogers said is he had a vision. And, and he saw in the United States famine. Businesses were closing left and right. And, 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 and churches were trying to get food trucks to come to feed the churches. He said, but, but the 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 thieves and stuff knew what the food trucks looked like and they were conversing, converging on the food trucks and, and robbing the food before the people of God could get it. And, and Ralph said, and I prayed and said, Jesus, how are we going to feed them? He said, you're going to have to trust me. Nothing normal about that. I'm sure in Pakistan, there's nothing normal about following the Lord and being careful and knowing that you could die at any minute very serious that's how the early church was born it was born at a time when they could be killed and were most of them or many of them but he said he saw a a great famine in the land and I want you to know there are dark days coming I believe there is a cloud that is rising over this country. And Ralph said, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, what about the rest of the world? He said, you couldn't handle it. Darkness that will come over, over the world. The Bible said in the last days there will be a global government. That's what our congressmen and senators right now are pushing for. Now they're saying that if you're American that you're really a racist because they want to wipe out nationalism because you can't be a nationalist or patriotic 
and be part of the global government. That's where, that's where it's headed. All fulfillment of the scripture. He said, and out of that, and I don't believe the church is going to be here when that government is completely formed. I, I believe Jesus is coming. Because he said he's not appointed the church under wrath. Now I've got friends that are opposed to it. I said, you go ahead and stay. My bags are packed, man. That bus pulls in, I'm headed out. <laughs> you know, there are people that are mid-trip. There are people that are, I call it a popcorn rapture. They say, once the tribulation begins, the minute you're ready, you're going to pop. <laughs> You've been around as many years as I have, you hear a lot of things. You just go, oh, yo, oh, really? Well, I'll tell you this right now. I believe that Jesus is coming soon. But I also believe this, that there are dark days coming. The Bible prophesied that they would happen. And we just need to trust him. And the Bible says this when they said, and, and I don't mean to, to carry on, but I think of James, John, Peter, and them. They're, they're showing Jesus when they're walking all the beautiful buildings and, and, and all of the, 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 the temple and, and everything. And Jesus looked at them and he says, not one stone here will be left upon another. You see, in their mind, they still thought Jesus was going to overthrow Rome. And that they were going to occupy these buildings. In fact, John's mother came and said, uh, when your kingdom comes, he says, I want my, my sons, James and John, I want them to be closest to you, the highest. And he says to her, he says, can they drink of the cup that I shall drink of? Oh, yeah, they can drink of any cup. Little did they know, we talk about the crucifixion. He said, it's not my place to give. What is my father's to give? See, so they're all anticipating that this revolution that Jesus is going to, is, is going to uh, wage uh, uh, on the world. They didn't see the need for the blood to be shed. Without the shedding of blood in Hebrews, it said there's no remission of sin. Sometimes we put in our own mind how everything ought to be when we just got to leave it to the Lord. So be it, Father. So what I'm saying to each and every one of you, the Spirit of God, in the Old Testament, it was just a few that heard. Samuel heard. We know David heard. We know uh, 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 Eli told him, told Samuel how to hear the word of the Lord and go and, and, and say, Lord, here am I. But it was on just a few. But the Bible said in the last day, and Joel it said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. It isn't only for the clergy to hear. Every one of us can come bold. That's what Paul said. He said, let us go boldly before the throne of God. In other words, the, the veil has been rent. That veil represents the flesh, the sin that separates us from God. 
In the Old Testament, the only one that could go through that veil was the high priest. And the high priest had to be pure. He had to purify himself. And you know, they would tie bells around the bottom of his garment. And they would tie a rope around his ankle. Because in case he did something wrong, he'd be consumed. They'd pull his body out so it wouldn't stink in there. There's never any indication that a priest ever died in there. I think. If God told, you know, we all get it. <laughs> but what we realize in that is that he, he, only the high priest, he wanted the Holy of Holies, and Jesus became the high priest. He took the priesthood of, of, of Levi and he transferred it to the priesthood of Melchizedek. John the Baptist was a Levite. When John the Baptist baptized Jesus and Jesus come out of the water, the Bible said uh, that the, uh, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove come down upon him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Simon, whom I'm well pleased. What happened was, is when John the Baptist, the Levite, touched Jesus, he transferred the, the Levitical priesthood to Jesus and he became the last high priest. The only one that could go into the Holy of Holies. The only one that could give, that could sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat. The only one that could do that. And Jesus did and he went into heaven. <laughs> into that heavenly tabernacle. And he shed his blood. He sprinkled it upon the mercy seat. And the Bible said the veil was rent from the earth up to the end of the heavens. <coughs> Excuse me. One thing about being a little older, my voice goes. Uh, I'm almost finished here. But Paul said the veil has been rent so that each, we don't need a high priest anymore. We don't need a priest. We don't need to make confession to a priest. We need to make a confession before the high priest, Jesus. And he said, I've made, a, I've made the crooked path straight. I've rent the veil for you. And Paul said, let us go boldly into the throne of grace before the Father in heaven. Peter said this. He said, I perceive that God has no respect for persons. Jew or Gentile, Greek, Pakistani, American, everyone that'll come. <coughs> Let's really give him a thank you. I guess the Lord sent him done. But what I want you to understand and know, you can know the Spirit. He said, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. If something in Donald's a dream, James, your old men will have visions. He said, you'll hear from me. And I want you to know something today. God wants us to hear him. 
It's more than a Sunday morning sermon. It is a way of life. It is walking with him. It is knowing him. Because he is the master today. And we can know him and we can love him. And I want you to know he's a personal God. I thank God. Because without his grace and without his mercy, I would not be here. But it's by the grace. He said, I take the foolish things of the world. I take the things that are lowly. The things that the world would reject, I take them. Mold them and make them to become my children. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Lord. God, we love you and praise you. We want your holy word to be so real in our hearts. Hallelujah. I really felt recently, you know, the Lord challenging me. It's easy to coast. Even pastors coast. It's easy. It's easy to go through the motions. But what God is saying is it's really time to wake up. We're living in some perilous times. And he said if the, if the, if the church loses saltiness, what will the effects be for the world? He said it will be of no value to me but to be cast down and trodden under foot of men. And I believe this morning what the Lord is saying. Do we hear him spirit? Are you willing? I think of Ralph Rogers. Now he's not saying to everybody, give your business away. I had someone tell me, and I don't mean to go on, but I was going through a financial difficulty one time, and he said, I'm going to tell you what you do. He says, take everything you have, and he said, you send it to missions, and God will bless you. Well, see, that's what the Lord told him to do. <laughs> that was his rhema. But I need to know what God wanted me to do. He's approachable today. And he loves you today. And you are special to him. And he said to the father in John 17, he said, Father, not one that you've given me have I lost except, he said, for the son of perdition that was given that he may betray the son of man. He said, I leave the 99, I go for the one. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer if we would. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this word this morning. I thank you, God, that we can hear you, that we can be obedient unto you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, that you would guide our very steps. You said that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And being a military man, I understand cadence. I understand to have an ear to hear when my left or my right is to be stepped out. And I pray, Lord God, for each and every one of us to be keen in our listening. To know you, Lord God, as Paul said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able. To keep that which I've committed unto him, especially in that last day, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God, that we would not miss the mark. 
but that we would keep our focus upon you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless all of you. Amen. And you out there on Facebook.